Brought to you by the First and Second Amendment, powered by the people to fight the Freedom of Disinformation Act in the 21st century and beyond. Broadcasting live from the Badlands of Texas, you're listening to Midnight Radio. I'm your host, Jerry Adams. I am the Chief Fruit Loops. Saying hi to all the Fruit Loops right there now in the chat room. Hello, Fruit Loops. How are you doing tonight? Everybody feeling all right? Everybody feeling all right? All right, we've got one hell of a show for you tonight. Came upon some things... A little bit mind-altering in some ways. We're going to go over it tonight, but before we go into all that, I'd like to thank our executive producers for this show. If it wasn't for you, we wouldn't be able to do the show in this way because normally, guys, I am a kind of creator that makes videos. So every dollar that you guys send in, it absolutely goes to the, our music license, but if I'm doing lives and it's not bringing in money for the music license, I can just go back over to doing regular videos. So that there is the difference, you know, I can go back to doing documentaries and doing uh, single videos on every topic I'm covering tonight. And that'd be more lucrative than doing a live. Then that's what I'll have to do because this license for this, for this music stream is important to me because there's DJs out there that need work. All right. I'd like to thank the following people, lady, Emily, lady, Shelley, and Sir Mark, thank you very much for supporting us. It's very much appreciated. If you're interested in becoming an exec- executive producer, we'll talk more about that in the middle of the show. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Let's talk about, it's not our main story, but it's one of our stories tonight. Let's talk about the balloon. All right, everybody's talking about this balloon. First, I'm going to play the footage of what happened. And uh, and I got a little bit of intel from the uh what do you call it? The intelligence community about the spying capabilities of the United States and how that relates to this little Chinese balloon. All right, let me go ahead and play this and we'll talk about it on the flip. Go! Boom! And then witnesses watched it slowly plummet down into the ocean. The operation required shutting down commercial air traffic from at least three different airports across the Carolinas. You can see here the empty airspace that created. President Biden was then quick to announce the operation. But there are still questions about why it took so long to take action and what it could mean for relations between the world's two largest superpowers, the U.S. and China. We're going to get into all of that today, but we begin with Ryan Nobles on how it all went down. Here we go. A dramatic moment caught on camera off the We pop your balloon. Coast of South Carolina. Oh my gosh, it's going straight for it. By 239, U.S. fighter jets took down a Chinese spy balloon that had been making its way across American airspace over the past several days. Defense Secretary Seriously, Lloyd 30, Austin 30 saying the work. operation was conducted by fighter aircraft from the U.S. Northern Command above U.S. territorial waters. They were seen circling the balloon as it made its way over the ocean. A senior U.S. defense official says the balloon was shot down by a single F-22 with one air-to-air missile. The F-22 flying at approximately 58,000 feet while the balloon was at an altitude between 60 and 65,000 feet. Eventually, a poof of smoke before the object appears to fall from the sky. The balloon expected to land in the Atlantic Ocean, where it can be collected for military analysis. 
President Joe Biden, who was under pressure from Republicans to take the balloon down, said he ordered the mission days ago. On Wednesday, when I was briefed on the balloon, I ordered the Pentagon to shoot it, it down. Said, Pop it! On Wednesday, as soon as possible. Damn it. They decided, my phone? without doing damage to anyone on, on the ground, they decided that the best time to do that was as it got over water outside within our within 12 mile limit the balloon was spotted all over the country after it was discovered earlier this week today people seeing it outside their windows on airplanes chinese spy balloon according to the pilot is right there and from the ground with the naked eye like jeremy austin in Asheville, north carolina and there it was right outside of our building oh hold on a second big white See? balloon Party very foul. recognizable, Party <laughs> uh, very obvious to, to plain view me. and plain sight, uh, but pretty interesting. But as the military operation ramped up, the FAA stopped air traffic at three airports on the North and South Carolina coast. Okay, is this, uh, do we got airspace shut down today? Yeah, we just got a FTC modem. All in anticipation of this moment. Boom! It's like the Fourth of July, y'all. Now resolved, but the geopolitical implications still unknown. And Ryan Nobles is at the White House. All right, we're not going to watch this whole thing because it's ridiculous. We're going to go into the why right here. You know, I'm trying to pull up a story right now about. I'm sure many of you heard it because you contacted me about it being blown up over Missouri and there was no such thing. I'm trying to find that story. What happened to it? Here it is. Let me play that right now. All right. This was reported on Fox News incorrectly, of course. Like, I thought it got blown up over Billings. No, no, no. That was not correct. It was uh, fake news, as they call it. And that's when Joe flies to his beach house with a bucket of bleach and a book of matches. You don't <laughs> think so Joe funny, knew the Jesse. FBI was going to hit the Jack beach out. house next? Well, that's why he brought the cleanup crew. Well, today, two weeks after Joe scrubbed his second home, the FBI shows up for a search. And what do you know? They didn't find any classified documents. The hell did that have to do with anything? All right. So video of alleged sky explosion in Billings unleashes wild conspiracies. Speculation was rampant on Friday night after Twitter user shared a video taken from a window in Billings that was said to show a jet go by so fast. Let me go ahead and put it on my main screen. And then an explosion in the sky. The video, which appears to show a jet contrail in the sky above a residential neighborhood, includes a brief and silent but deadly flash of light that is claimed to be an explosion. Now I'm going to show you that video. Right now. This is a video. You know, you want it on the full screen. The video is there, although. Mm, Billings, Montana. You guys sent this to me early this morning. 
But it wasn't the balloon. What the hell was it? When the hell was it? We're going to go over that today. Hello, but we don't have an answer for Montana. And really, there's nothing more to see than that. Connections were quickly made between the Chinese spy balloon that was spotted hovering in the area on Wednesday and Thursday, with many suggesting the video was evidence that the balloon had been shot down. However, the balloon had long since left Montana, being observed in Missouri, at around the same time that the video was purportedly recorded. Fox News interrupted a broadcast to share the video and claimed that a massive explosion had been observed in Billings. A short time later, the city of Billings said on Twitter that there had been no massive explosion in the area. While Montana Governor Gregg and the Montana Disaster and Emergency Services Unit had confirmed that no explosions had recently taken place anywhere in the state. Although they saw one, some responses to the video explained it is mundane, in mundane terms, reasoning that the images in the sky were of a jet control while the explosion was likely caused by the camera recording the images itself. Nothing to see here, people. The viral video from Billings, Montana, appears to be a jet contrail on the smartphone camera lens auto-adjusting exposure. Hmm? Republican U.S. Representative Matt Rosendell of Montana reacted with alarm, tweeting that he was genuinely concerned with the lack of transparency about the original Chinese spy balloon and potential unexplained explosions above Billings. He later shared the city of Billings update and said that he was still following all of these events closely. I'm sure he is. After it was reported that there was no explosion, tattoo artist Christine lamented that they were saying this video is fake while claiming in a tweet that others have footage of the event. Newsweek was unable to find any other online footage of the purported explosion. But Twitter user 7601, you know, a pristine... uh, source for information i'm sure seemingly attempted to stoke the flames of conspiracy by sharing an old photo that was claimed to be of what fell out of the sky in billings and i'm pretty damn sure that they were some damn crazy ass conspiracy theorist slash online sleuth is that what we're getting at not sure if it was a balloon or some other explosion tried to go find it in my truck but was told to turn around by the national guard blocking the road in a humvee User LHay67 quickly pointed out that the photo was from a weird news article about UFOs that had been published by British tabloid Daily Star in 2020. Others offer their own conspiracy theories about the Chinese balloon on Friday, although not necessarily connected to the video of the alleged... It doesn't matter! Jesus, I'm not reading any more of that. There'll be links to all the articles I'm going over in the description below. So it didn't happen it didn't happen in Montana. So those of you that sent articles and made comments that it was, it didn't. All right, I would like to thank Robin Millette for helping us. I'd like to thank her very much before I continue. I appreciate it. All right have more information about this did you know there's a lot of you that were worried about this being some kind of biological warfare i'm telling you well the government wasn't worried about it if you can believe our government because 
the National Terrorism Advisory System, you know, the one that you see at the airport, we're in code yellow today. We're in code red. Don't let anybody see your luggage. If you leave, you take it with you, and you don't take any strange packages onto that airplane that somebody from a foreign country wearing a dashiki gave you to hold and walk on to. You know what I mean? That happened one time in 1976. By God, it could happen again now. That's the National Terrorism Advisory System. Guess what they had to say about it? Not a damn thing. There'll be a link to this so you can look look at it yourself. They didn't care. There's nothing on here about it. Well, enough said about that. All right. Let's sum this up again. We have a balloon that is told to us by the MSM or M5M, mainstream media. I like M5M myself. That we're, we need to be scared shitless about this. Why do they want us scared about this? Why are all the, and, and you know, I played the last time I was on the day before yesterday, I played a video of you and the, the newsman was legitimately like, what the, what do you mean this happens all the time? I cover, I've been covering the news for 10 years. I never heard about any shit like this. 369 cases of balloons. The hell are y'all smoking? He was saying that live on the air. You can check it back on the last show. So. We watch the news all the time. I don't know how long I've been here doing this crap since 2005. It hasn't happened before. The last time I remember them talking about balloons was the DARPA initiative, the Red Balloon DARPA initiative. You can check the show notes of our last show. But you know what I have heard about? They're saying that this was a Chinese spy balloon, and at first they were saying that maybe, maybe this has some biological you know, weapons on it. Yeah, they shot it down with freaking missiles. And, and yeah, you would need to be 12 miles out, and you would need to be in the water for that. But, hell, couldn't they use the uh, National Guard with a sniper rifle, a few of those? Yes, they could have. It, it didn't have to be as big of a deal as they did with pomp and circumstance. Why? Why? I'm going to tell you why right now. We're going to move into evidence backing up what I'm saying. What these people are doing and I'm trying not to cuss. Is that working for me? We're at the point of where it's time for budget talks. That way the FBI and the CIA can get up there like, hey, there is more dangers out there towards America than there's ever been before. You saw the balloon. The balloon, hell, it went right over Montana. You saw it. We need some more evidence. We need some more money. Or we just ain't going to be able to stop this stuff. Everybody in my mind sounds like that today. I'm not sure why. That's what they're going to say. Because I'll tell you what. What would happen if one of those directors got up there in front of Congress to get money and told the truth? Well, you know what? We really haven't had an incident of anything like that for the past 20 years. And um, to be honest with you, there's no country that has that capability besides the United States, because we spend trillions of it, uh, probably about $2 that's not even in the budget, in our shadow budget every week, every, um, every uh, year. How oh, they're not going to tell you that? Because how fast would he be thrown out on his ear and lose his job? His job is one thing, one, actually maybe two things. One, to look like he's a man that can hold stuff together, and two is to go in there and get his budget boosted. And that's what they're using this for. 
That is what they're using this for. This is no threat. This is bullshit. I don't even think it's Chinese, and I'll prove that right now. And the Chinese should be pissed, but I think they're working with America. I'm not sure. Let me tell you something. You guys have heard, and you hear this all the time, China's eating America's lunch. China is eating America's lunch. They have all these companies over here, and they can do things cheaper. Well, let me tell you something, people, and I know about this for a fact because, you know, I've worked. I'm a business major. I work in the business world, and I had a partner one time that was Indian, and he taught me about the companies in China. So any company in China, it has to be owned by Chinese, but they're not Chinese companies. So basically, you have American companies over there in China, all right, but they'll put a Chinese person who will make a lot of money from it as the head of it. That way they can operate in China. So all these Chinese companies that are making stuff like the phones or whatever you have are backed by American companies. These are American companies operating in China. That's a fact. There is still a such thing as slavery. Just here in America, we export our slavery to China. All right. And China knows that I'm telling you, we're like this. Don't let them lie to you. They're just trying to boost their budgets. Am I a conspiracy theorist? This isn't about politics. This isn't about the Republicans or the Democrats. They're both shaking hands, and they know how it really works. And the more they say China this, China that, is the more money they get in their budgets. Let me prove it to you. Now I'll sit back, take a drink, and watch this. Remember Edward Snowden? I'm sure you do. Before I talk about Edward, let me uh, say that he was a, uh, he was a contractor. He was a computer contractor for the CIA until he started actually uh, work for the CIA. And normally in the CIA, everything's uh, compartmentalized, right? But he was the person that had the data from all the different departments, and he put it together in a centralized location. So those who did have the clearance to look at it were able to see the big picture. So he saw everything. A lot of it he hasn't let out. Some of it he has. Some people call him a hero, and I guess I'll tell you my opinion of it. I mean, um, people, we all thought the government was spying on us before Edward Snowden, after, you know, he released all that documentation, and he did the interviews about how the government was spying on us. We're like, okay, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, we knew that. We knew that. We, we all thought that. But did you know? It is not metadata, and I'm telling you this now because it's going to apply when you watch this video. It's not metadata they take, all right? Every second of every word I'm saying right now is being recorded, and it's being stored in Dayton, Ohio, because that's where they have these massive hard drives ran by the Air Force to store my information and yours. Every second, every millisecond of what i'm saying everything you guys type in chat this isn't metadata this is everything and if i ever come up against them some way if i get on their radar they can look through that and see anything i've ever did and then mess with me all right that's what they do it's not metadata it is completely everything and that that's not a speculation that's not conspiracy theory that's a proven fact so what edward snowden did is he released this information so supposedly he was a altruistic young person, all right, with nothing but glory and stars in his eyes when he started taking these jobs. And then as he rose up on the ladder, he saw the more and the more dirtier 
things that they were doing, and he became disenfranchised, and that's why he leaked all this information out. Some people freaked out. Most people didn't care. So he's not really a hero. He's exiled to Russia for his whole damn life. So you got to wonder if he really knew the cost of what he was doing or not. I don't know. So he released this information, and it's not only how the U.S. government is spying on warrantless, no warrants, on every single thing, every American. If there is a computer signal, they're getting all your information. If you're in a foreign country, they're getting all your information too. If you have a computer in a foreign country, unless you're completely closed off where your signal doesn't leave your country, which means no external internet, right? then they have your information. He released all this, and the intel community was furious. The president of the United States was furious. Every president since Obama, which is when it was really released, has been absolutely furious. No chance of ever having a pardon. He's been enemy number one. So I'm going to play this and tell me, is that effing Chinese spy balloon such a big problem since we get all the data that China puts on any computer they've ever created? You answer me that. We'll talk about it on the flip side of this. Oh, the damage has been extensive, um, and it's been extensive um, in a number of ways. Uh, when, when you tell um, the Russians, for example, that you're collecting their diplomatic communications, an operation like that can take eight or ten years to put in place and <clears throat> can be shut down in 20 minutes. Um, we, we've been told uh, by Snowden, everybody, the world's been told uh, how exactly we get into some of these networks, and that means those uh, entry points are, are, are shut down. These are um, re important. Uh, I'm not talking now about European targets. I'm talking about Russian, Iranian, North Korean, and Chinese targets. Um, these have nothing at all to do with the civil liberties of Americans or Europeans. And those have been, um, we've seen our collection against uh, terrorist networks, for example, fall off sharply. Um, Snowden has undoubtedly uh, created a uh, a discussion about um, collection of metadata domestically that I welcome. Uh, I thought it should have happened at the government's instance some years ago. But it's important to understand he's done much, much more than that. And no friend of liberal democracies can be in favor of the disclosures he's made relating okay. to our foreign intelligence. Let, what he said yesterday, by the way, Gordon, that about um, collecting um, industrial espionage was absolute nonsense, and not the first time he said things that have just right. been let wild. Me, right, let me just interrupt you and pick you up on one thing that you said there, that you said you thought the debate on metadata should have happened years ago. Did we know about metadata years ago? Isn't it only as a result of Edward Snowden that we've suddenly been made aware of this? Well, that's the point that I'm making, Gordon. Um, I, I believe that um, in a democracy where you have and we tolerate and need powerful secret organizations, the only way. 
in a democracy, we need powerful secret organizations. That is the very antithesis. That's the opposite of democracy. And for the person in chat, the Canadian cat lady that put that very ignorant, ignorant comment. That is, ah, oh, this is a party foul. Best of luck in your future endeavors. This isn't about politics. When have I talked about politics? How are you fooled into thinking that you're, <laughs> hey, Canada, guess what? The U.S. government's getting all your information too. How do you feel about that? It's all right. We don't care. Guess what? Jerry doesn't care either. That's not the point. You missed it. The point is this. This is relating to the balloon, not politics. The democracies can tolerate that as if the, the general rules under which they operate are well understood and if they are policed and followed. I believe collecting all the metadata in the United States was a watershed event and should have been made public by the government. Okay, let me bring in uh, the real Gordon, uh, who's been listening to all of that. Gordon Carrera, uh, let me come to you. Could the NSA have handled things better slash differently? Well, I think these organizations, NSA and the UK, GCHQ, have existed on secrecy and they have tried to maximize their capability uh, historically and to try and be able to do as much as they could and therefore they've argued that secrecy has been important to do that. But I think the issue now is, is, is public consent and how much public consent and knowledge you need uh, for the public to uh, inform their decisions about how far these organizations should go, particularly as they've moved more into the domestic space or where, if you like, domestic and international overlap, looking for potential terrorist suspects in the UK or the US involves uh, looking at in communications, looking at general communications, rather than, if you like, just the internal communications of Russia and China. This is a different mission, if you like, from what they, they used to undertake uh, in the Cold War. And I think one of the problems for them is that they, they, have not, they have remained in their kind of secret posture that they had during the Cold War era. And there was never really a public debate about what they could do, what they should do, uh, and what kind of oversight mechanisms there should be. And so suddenly these Edward Snowden revelations came as a shock to people. They suddenly went, whoa, I didn't realize they could do this or they were doing this. And I think that's created a huge problem for these. Tell me, how the hell is this political? This, these are facts. So the government is spying on everybody. In, your, in this country, in every other country, so a supposed Chinese spy balloon flies over your country and you lose your shit. Do you think you're being told the truth? I'm talking about this because everybody in our Discord wanted to talk, wanted to talk about this balloon, which apparently wasn't really a big deal because they didn't talk about it in the National Terrorism Advisory System. They did put pomp and circumstance. I heard somebody today saying, that, oh, America's just mean-spirited. They're having fun. Just, oh, they're being mean and popping a Chinese balloon. And then they talked about uh, stories where they were talking about American balloons actually flying over in China. Yes, that does exist. But look at this. We Do we really have a Chinese spy problem? These are just some things to think about. I disagree. This isn't international politics. These are facts. These are facts. These aren't, these aren't my conjecture. 
This isn't how I feel about a different political party. These are about facts. And I told them because of this. Why is this balloon such a big deal? Well, look at look for it because they're going to be coming up to budget. All right, I'm going to stop looking at chat. You guys are upsetting me a little bit. Should I stop looking at chat? All right, let's go to let's go to the Idaho 4 murders update, all right? I got this early this morning. The Idaho murders update. Kaylee Calvez, family lawyer, appeals gag order in Brian Kohlberger case. So we read the original paperwork from this, and it read that if you were an attorney or a party in this case, you couldn't talk about you couldn't talk about the case in any way, shape, or form. You couldn't link anything out to the media or anybody else. You couldn't tell your best friend. Couldn't tell anybody. And we thought at the time that the Gonsalves family were okay because they weren't technically a party in the case. And I even heard, um, I even heard um, Steve Gonsalves, he, he was being interviewed after this for a few days, so he evidently thought that he could still talk about this. But apparently he couldn't. Let's talk about that a little bit right now. Uh, Shannon Gray, the attorney for Kaylee Gonsalves family, is appealing the gag order. And we're learning more about the item seized from Idaho. Okay, so they're talking about the item seized. So the attorney said this, the order, let me go ahead and pop this up for you guys. The order is uh, factually overboard and vague and unconstitutional. The Gonsalves family attorney, he wrote this in the appeal that was filed Friday. Judge Megan Marshall issued the initial gag order January 3rd, shortly after Cronenberger's arrest Restricting comment from prosecutors, the defense, law enforcement, and other officials. On January 18th, she expanded the scope of her order, restricting attorneys for the victims and their families from speaking with the media. The attorneys for any interested party in this case, including the prosecution's attorney, defense attorney, and any attorney representing a witness, victim, or victim's family, as well as the parties to the above entitled action, including but not limited to investigators, law enforcement personnel, and agents for the prosecuting attorney or defense attorney are prohibited from making extrajudicial statements, written or oral, concerning this case, except without additional comment. A quotation from a, a reference to the official public record of the case, she wrote. However, the victims' families are not parties to the case, Gray wrote. He, wrote, he went on to say this, Properly construed, the order does not apply to the victims' families in this matter. He argued in court filing Friday, the only parties to the case are the people and the defendant. Accordingly, as non-party citizens, the victims' fa surviving family members are free to speak to the public and the media under the First Amendment to the Constitution, Simply put, the rights to freedom of speech cannot be restricted through a judicial prior restraint. Lastly, he argued the entire point of the gag order is to protect the defendant's right to fair trial and impartial jury poll. Now, he go, it goes on here, but I think it's important to actually look at this, and I'll tell you why. Because if you view the PDF, he talks about how the judge has not been giving him the uh, proper paperwork on this and how he reported it to the bar, to the state bar. Let me get to that point.
On January 12, 2023, I participated in a Zoom call with Magistrate Judge Megan Marshall, in which several of the victims and witnesses' attorneys were present as well. In that Zoom call, I informed Judge Marshall that my clients, the surviving family of the family of the late Kaylee Gonsalves, are not parties to the case and therefore are not subject to the order. The judge stated that she mistakenly believed that they were parties and were therefore subject to the order, and she instructed me to advise them. I also informed Judge Marshall that I did not believe that I was covered under the initial dissemination order as well and informed her that after the original dissemination, hold on, put my glasses on, order came out, that I emailed the Lataw County Prosecutor's Office for clarification and for the judge's email. They offered no clarification and refused to provide Judge Marshall's email address. During the Zoom call, I informed Judge Marshall that I would be contacting the Idaho State Bar for clarification of her order as well. Since the amended order was issued on January 18th, 2023, my clients and I have not made any statements to the media out of fear of being held in contempt of court. Neither I nor my clients against Salvez have stipulated the order, and upon receiving it, I emailed, informed the court, and requested that the order be changed as it did not accurately reflect an agreement by the parties. The court did not honor my request. And then it goes on talking about properly construed. The order does not apply to the victims. So we're going to stay on top of this and tell you, tell you guys what happens next. So let's continue here. All right, let me look at chat real quick. I, Electra says, I was saying it involves international politics because the balloons could have caused an act of war against China if our leadership decided to act without facts. Uh, again, that's your opinion. My opinion is my statements I made about the situation, the facts I delivered, was not about politics. That is my opinion. I have my opinion. You have yours. And if you want to state yours on here, call me and we'll talk about it. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't have a problem being wrong. I have problems with other people who are wrong saying they're right. I was giving background on this situation, which I didn't cover it from a political type error. So China was pissed. How long have you been around? Because I've been covering this stuff since 2005. When this Edward Snowden order came out, China was order came out when he released the information about what the CIA and their information gathering had done, which is a fact, by the way, how is that politics? It's a fact. China was pissed. That's a fact. Are they more mad about a balloon being shot down as the media would have you believe? Or are they more mad about the massive American spying operation? Perhaps they took steps against it now. Are these politics? Not in my mind. These are facts of the, the uh, globe, the world we live in. Let me continue here. So, there... I don't, 
I, I do, I need to talk to you guys about this because there's a new video out and I will name her if I can remember her name, uh, Sweetie Pilo. And their information gathering. Please go ahead and mute your computer. Hey, Jerry, I just muted it. It's Electra. All right. Well, apparently we have a disagreement. Let me begin with that. I'll say that I, I believe it's not political. I, what I said was not political, and you believe it is. Go ahead. Well, uh, I'm not saying it's political based on Democrat or Republican or anything like that. I'm talking, um, let, let's be specific about this. I don't mean the whole story. I mean what I was talking about and the way I presented it. Go ahead. Right. So the way that I'm looking at it, that it may be political, is international politics. So not based on Democrats, Republicans, nothing internal here in the U.S. I'm talking based on international politics, based on, yeah, the U.S. could have taken it as a threat against the country, and they could have, you know, gotten very defensive and used military force to go attack China. That's not going to happen. Now, if we, if we talk about this from now, if we talk about this now, then it starts getting into politics because I was just laying out the groundwork information, but you're right. If we go from here, we get into politics in my mind. Uh, I don't think, I mean, I laid out the facts. The U S knows what it really is. We don't because we're not being told the truth. Uh, they, we know what our spy capabilities are. We know what we, what we really unleash on them is probably about a hundred times worse than what they unleash on us. Really? Yes. I think we do have our capabilities, but we don't use a balloon and don't make it so obvious. Exactly. I'm I'm agreeing with you actually, that it's not political based on Democrats or Republicans. It's, it's just international. Um, it could have become a war. If the commander in chief and if the heads of, you know, the state and the heads of the military had decided that this was a threat against the United States, a military threat. All right. They let's, could let's, have let's say you're right. That's all you're, I would you're say. You're right. You're right. You're right. But let's hold on to that and let's look at what I was saying. What, what I was saying yeah. about the real information that Snowden released about American spy capabilities and what we've been doing without a balloon, like you said. Without yeah. a balloon, China didn't go to war with us yeah. for that. All they knew our capabilities, they knew what, I've, what we've been doing. Do you really think right. that because of anything regarding this balloon, if it is even from China, that popping one balloon would have started a war? I would really hope not, and that's what I'm kind of trying to say, and I said it wrong, I think, but I'm trying to say I would hope that would not start a war. I think with um, an unstable, you know, head of our government, it possibly could have happened, but that's why we have checks and balances, and we have other departments in this government that, that check the head of state. So I'm not, I'm sick. I'm still sick. I'm so sorry. I'm not making much sense, but 
No, I appreciate I'm the phone call. With, I'm agreeing with you. All right. So somebody posed a question. How much do you think it costs to, to fly out a, one of these planes to pop a balloon? I agree. I don't think, I don't think that it costs $41,986 an hour. So that's the yeah, answer. Yeah, the, the fuel alone. Forty-one thousand nine hundred eighty-six uh, an hour, and how many planes did they send out? It was more than uh, one. It was ridiculous. I was saying that they could have sent out the Blue Angels and put a net under the thing and popped it with a a pin. A they, bird could have popped, <laughs> you know. Um, a thirty-thirty, I think, would have done it. A few shots sniper. of that. Yeah, a sniper could have shot it. I think a snipers could do a lot when they send out way more resources that sniper could handle. So I don't know why they do that. And I agree. We're not being told the whole truth. I agree with you. Are you still there? I'm here. (laughs) You need to relax. You're sick here. You don't need to be working yourself up. I know. I'm not trying to get worked up. I'm not. I'm I'm actually completely agreeing with you and I'm I don't want you to see it as different. When well, I said political I was saying international politics as in uh, you know, people could start a war over this and I'm glad that that doesn't happen. But I'm not mad you know, at you. To be people, honest, I'm really offended by that lady from Canada, but I'm going to drop that off right now and not talk about it again. But I tell you. I saw, I saw that comment, and it was ridiculous, especially because she's from Canada. It flew she over her no, country, too. Right. She, that was a ridiculous comment, I agree. All right. Let's I'm, let that one go. I'm just letting it go. It got deleted anyway. So. It got mm-hmm. deleted. It's all right. Thank you very much. I'm going to I'm going to go ahead and let you go and I have some more stories I want to cover about human trafficking. There was a girl here in Texas that would have, was abducted at a uh football game. So I'm going to play that now. All right. I'm going to listen. All right, Thanks, thank you. Jerry. All right. Let's continue here with this story. I know you guys have I haven't presented the story to you before because I can't present every kidnapping and uh every every kidnapping story, but uh, here's the ending. Here's the conclusion of this. They found the guy. Well, this story, shocking parents and people all around the nation happening over in Dallas. So a 15-year-old who went to a Dallas Mavericks game with her dad was taken from the game and sold into a world that is far from the suburbs of where she's from. Yeah, it, it has also opened many Basketball, eyes how widespread human trafficking is. As Fox 26's Domily Keith tells us, it was a Houston man that found this girl. Hear how he did it as she speaks with him only on Fox. Yeah, you know, most trafficking victims are said to be hidden in plain sight, but to rescue them, one Houston private investigator has to travel into sections of the city and really has to go into a world that most of us only see from the safety of our televisions. But it was obviously an ad for sex. And you could clearly see that. Oh, absolutely. And you could clearly see her face. Absolutely. That's how he found the 15-year-old who was taken from a Dallas Mavericks game and was being trafficked for sex in Oklahoma, but for his safety, we're not showing you his face. 
You could be killed for that. For oh, absolutely. Absolutely. JB has been a Houston private investigator rescuing trafficked kids for eight years. So once the little girl's mom contacted you and said her 15-year-old had been taken from the Dallas Mavericks game, what did you do immediately? Um, I had the mother send photographs of the child. And you jumped online. And I jumped online to try to find her, yeah. How long did it take you to find her online? Uh, approximately five hours. In just five hours of searching sex ads, her picture popped up. She looked, uh... <sighs> Ladies and gentlemen, why can't the, uh, please, why can't the authorities do this? Do they do this? How come this guy could find it and they didn't? And it had been days distraught um surprised that somebody was taking her picture and did not look like she was posing intentionally for an ad do you feel anxious to get to the kiddos before they're too scarred and and harmed absolutely absolutely and unfortunately um that doesn't happen enough of the time so um you know a child that's being trafficked is literally being raped eight ten twelve times a day Several people have been charged in connection with trafficking the 15-year-old. The youngest girl JB rescued How many from of those sex could trafficking be your was just 11. Um, we've had a few 12-year-olds, several 13-year-olds. Uh, the, the majority are 14 to 16-year-old. JB is a full-time PI who donates his services to find trafficking victims, never charging families a penny. It needs to be done. Um, for me personally, it's a ministry. Even as he saves one child, there are plenty others in need of rescuing and many who return home who will never be the same. There's no real heavily, uh, happily ever after. We just fight to make tomorrow better than yesterday. All right, we're going to leave that right now. All right, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. This is the part of the show where I'm going to thank... I'm going to thank some executive producers. I need to get a new... New music for this, don't I, for the middle part. You guys think it's ending now, don't you? It's not ending. It's not ending. I want to thank again Lady Emily, Lady Shelley, and Sir Mark for being the executive producers for this show. You guys are helping get our music license. You're helping DJs who need a job get a job here. We'll be opening up our 24-hour, seven days a week uh, music station on every digital platform here shortly keep you updated on that i also want to thank those that aren't executive producers but they are producers i'd like to thank uh susan very much susan the donut lady she'd like to thank her i'd also like to thank lisa again i'd like to thank lady robin i'd like to thank robin for that and i'd like to thank victoria thank you all very much for making this show possible again the money does not go to the show it doesn't even go to uh, produce the show my own funds go for that. It goes to that music license. That being said, your your donations do make this show happen because if I didn't get donations, we wouldn't be doing a live show. I would just do separate videos for all these different topics. That's the world I've come from. I'd do investigative journalism about it and do a documentary, a short documentary about it or something. So you donating really does help this continue. I appreciate it very much. If you'd like to donate, you can do that by sending a cash app. If you'd like to, the Cash App info is Cash App dollar sign Midnight Radio 101. That is Cash App dollar sign Midnight Radio 101. Or you can send a chat, a super chat sticker. Or you can send uh, a super thanks, which is below every video. 
It has a little heart with a dollar sign in it. And just send anything you can. It helps. If you want to be an executive producer, though, it's $20 or more that makes you an executive producer. All of us here at Midnight Radio, thank you very, very, very much. I'm going to open the phone lines now. I didn't know I had them opened earlier when Electra called. But thank you, Electra. You explained that we're on the same wavelength. So I want you to know I realized that. I've got a very freaking odd stories coming up here next. Very, very, very odd. Let me go ahead and open up that phone line in case you guys want to call. Tell me about myself. What what what, what Susan say? Joe, I don't know if it's actually me or someone else who likes donuts or and sounds drunk. And maybe we can get Susan to call in tonight, y'all. Maybe we can. And I think I met Victoria Jones. Victoria, I got you on the list. Thank you very much. Thank you so much. Guys, I can't tell you how much I appreciate that. All right, let me go ahead here. Open up the phone lines. Maybe we'll hear from Susan. I'll try, you know. Do I make weird faces when I'm answering phone calls, guys? All right. The phone line is now open. If you guys want to call me, let's go over this next story. And then uh, we, we're free to stop at any time. So there's been a man wanted for leaving dead fish at the Goonies house, which is weird. He posted the video on social media. If any of you, got, if any of you guys can find a copy of that, let me know. Apparently, this came from the Guardian Canada. Let's play this video here. This is a picture of the rescue. There it is. Footage released by the U.S. Coast Guard of a man being thrown from a yacht. A rescue swimmer was lowered into the water from the helicopter. As the swimmer neared the boat, the man on the board on the boat climbed onto the rope. A huge wave rolled the boat moments later, throwing the man into the water. But what about this man? Well, we're about to find out. Lordy mercy. Who was this man? Well, Columbia River. A man saved by U.S. Coast Guard rescue swimmer at the mouth of the Columbia River as a massive wave rolled the yacht he was piloting on Friday was wanted for a bizarre incident in which police said he left a dead fish at the Astoria, Oregon home featured in the classic 1980 film, The Goonies. How many of you guys have seen that movie, The Goonies? Officers had been looking for the main from the man since Wednesday. Put my glasses back on here. They should have put a link to his social media. Officers had been looking uh, for the man since Wednesday when an acquaintance alerted them to a video he posted on social media of himself leaving the fish at the house and then dancing around the property. Uh, that's what the Astoria police chief said. Kelly identified the man as Jericho Labonte. Am I saying that right? 35 of Victoria, British Columbia. Oh, it was a Canadian. Oh, my goodness. 
He's also wanted in British Columbia on criminal harassment, mischief, and failure to comply cases. Early on Friday afternoon, the Coast Guard shared stunning video of a rescue made a few hours earlier. I played you guys that video. And this was of a 35-foot yacht struggling in the heavy surf. As the swimmer approached the vessel, a large wave slammed into it, rolling the boat and throwing the man, later identified as Le Bonté, onto the water. The swimmer, Petty Officer First Class Branch Walton of Greenville, South Carolina, reached Le Bonté and pulled him to safety. The helicopter crew flew him to Coast Guard Base Astoria, where medics treated him for mild hypothermia and took him to a hospital. The odd owner, who lives in Warrington, Oregon, reported the vessel stolen. So he was on a stolen yacht. The hospital had released Le Bonté when police saw the Coast Guard photos and video and realized it was a person. They said covered security cameras at the Goonies' house, and left the dead fish on the porch. Was it worth it, sir? Is this, is this article political by any way? I'm just asking. Maybe it is. Is something unwanted in a place where it's unwanted? If I talk about the history of the Goonies movie, is that political? Police were still looking for Le Bonté on Friday evening. Kelly didn't know what kind of fish it was, but said police believed it was Caught locally, because after the video started circulating, another person reported having taken Le Bonté fishing. It's been a really odd 48 hours, Kelly said. The mouth of the Columbia, the largest North American river flowing into the Pacific Ocean, is known as the graveyard of the Pacific for its notoriously rough seas. The Coast Guard reached the yacht's mayday call around 10 a.m. on Friday while conducting training nearby. Petty Officer Michael Clark said the mayday contained no information about location, nor specific problem, but the agency triangulated the vessel's location and boat crews and helicopters responded. They found the PC Sandpiper yacht taking on water in 20-foot seas, meaning the height of a wave from the previous uh, could be as much as 40 feet, Clark said. Now, that's interesting. The guy that saved him, the first-class petty officer who only recently graduated from the uh, guard rescue swimmer program was lowered from the helicopter by cable. This could have went all kinds of bad for this guy. Le Bonté climbed onto the stern and prepared to enter the water just as a huge wave slammed the craft, throwing him into the surf. The wave struck so violently that the vessel rolled completely and wound up floating upright. And really, that's all there is to say about that. Is this a good story? Is this a feel-good story? I'm not sure. Maybe it is. Uh, everything worked out for everybody. I mean, it was just fish. It could have been something worse. Could have been a damn balloon. Now, this next story. Well, I know there's been a lot of riots recently for police shooting a man. I swear it feels like it happens every week. I just came upon this video today, and it is very disturbing. It doesn't show them shooting the man. But here's what it does show. Shows them dragging him into the elevator after having shot him. Off the top of 4.30, new surveillance video obtained by Local 10 News showing the moment several Hollywood police officers drag a man into an elevator after shooting and wounding him. And that man on the ground is the same person who called police to report a disturbance in the first place. And we're now hearing from his heartbroken daughter after she was shown that rather disturbing video. Our Rosh joining us live with this exclusive tonight. Rosh. This video has never been seen before this moment. And I want to warn everyone, it is disturbing. 
In the video, you will see trigger a warning, man trigger who warning. was handcuffed, who has just been shot by police, and he's actually dragged into an elevator. It takes quite some time to get him help. His daughter, his only daughter, watched that video with me today, and she was heartbroken. I... He's my, literally my best friend. February 26, 2002. This is 69-year-old David Cotis. He asked neighbors to call Hollywood police because he said someone was breaking into his condo at around 8 o'clock in the morning. He comes out with his gun, licensed to carry and everything. Police arrive, and on the 14th floor, Cotis is shot by police in the chest. Why? They would treat him in such a way or drag him in to an elevator. They already have him handcuffed behind his back. He's wounded. For the very first time, oh we are seeing this surveillance video after David was shot in the chest. I just need to know There's why, what happened. Wound. I need answers. Handcuffed. He is dragged into the elevator, which actually makes a stop. His family said... Oh, guys, I can't watch this anymore. This is horrible. Horrible. I don't even know what to say. I could ask questions like, do you think, what do you think should happen to these officers? Is this disturbing you? How I, the way it's disturbing me? I could ask you these questions. Let me go ahead and play the rest of this, but not the video. As it took more than 30 minutes to get him help, and they want to know why. David died almost a month after the shooting. It's been a year, a year waiting for forensic um, uh, ballistic because they want to see who shot first. David was the president of the board at the Alexander condo. Oh my God, it's David. You can hear this neighbor shocked by what happened. He's asking for people to call the police for help. And when the police comes to help, who are they helping? They, my dad is dead. This is from a year ago and this wasn't in the news. And it was from seeing Hollywood. how much pain she is in and she tells me that after the shooting, David lived for about three and a half weeks. She was never able to see her father because she says police wouldn't allow her to see him. And so he took what happened with him to the grave. One final note, we did get a response from the Florida Department of Law Enforcement. They are the agency investigating the shooting. They say this remains an active and open investigation. We'll keep you posted on this one. For now, I'm live. I'll keep you guys posted, too. This wasn't originally reported. wasn't real originally released. I can't believe I even have to talk. Hey, what's up? All right. Here we go. Let me play this for you. This is another interesting thing. This happened the same time as the balloon. Does that have anything to do with it? I really can't tell you. I don't know, but, it, you know, I've got a report on it. It's very interesting. Let me make sure you get the first of this here. Hey, what's up, guys? Over here at FlightRadar24.com. You're Julia, looking at the flight path of a NASA airplane that's been flying up here in the Ottawa, Montreal area 
all morning long for several hours. Not just one, but there's two NASA planes. Here's the flight path of the other one. This one here left off the, the east coast of Virginia early this morning, and it joined this plane here that flew in out of Atlanta. They've been circling up here looking for something for several hours, or at least that's what it appears to be. This plane right here you see is a Canadian airplane, and there's also, again, two NASA airplanes that have been flying around in this region almost like they're looking for something and again they've been up there for several hours today been monitoring this now since early this morning hey what's up well at $48,000 an hour hee-hoo, you, you know that there, there's something important going on there they're not just playing around I got this last story I guess I'm going to do I'm going to go over this is about something that happened in Iraq um, I, the phone lines are now open if you want to call. If you don't call me, I'm going to shut it off right after this, right after this story. Let me go ahead. F- hold on a second. I, I can't remember. Let me look up how to pronounce this. I want to pronounce it correctly, and you guys are going to hear it with me. Yeah. I'm sorry, $41,986 an hour for a uh, fighter jet. How to pronounce the name of this Iraqi town. Uh, Okay, let me, uh, 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 here we go. Duania. Oh, that's, that just rolls off the tongue, doesn't it? Duania. Duania. All right. That's the best as I can do. All right. Duania, Iraq. Dozens of Iraqi protesters gathered Sunday. to decry the so-called honor killing of a 23-year-old YouTube star who is allegedly strangled by her father, adding fuel to calls for legal reforms protecting women. Interior Ministry spokesman Sadman on Friday announced that Tiba Ali, was killed January 31st in the city of Dwania. By her father, who then turned himself into the police. Reports say the father strangled Ali at night while she was asleep. The so-called honor killing was met with condemnation from women's rights groups and residents who sounded the alarm on violence against women in Iraq and the need to reform legislation to impose harsher punishments on perpetrators. One of the placard cards read, anyone who wants to get rid of a woman accuses her of dis- disgracing her dignity and kills her. And they also are calling for Ali's father to be executed. Did you know that Article 41 of the country's penal code allows husbands to discipline their wives, which includes beatings? Meanwhile, Article 409 reduces murder sentences for men who kill or permanently impair their wives or female relatives because of adultery to up to three years in prison. Rosa Alhamid, an activist with a civil society group, the Organization for Women's Freedom in Iraq, urged the authorities to pass a long-stalled draft law against domestic violence that has been lingering in Iraq parliament since 2019. Did you know that Tibba was killed by her father under tribal justifications that are unacceptable? Let me... Uh, 
fast forward in this article because there's a part that I want you to know. All right. Tiba Ali had been living in Istanbul, Turkey, and had a YouTube channel with over 20,000 subscribers. Let's look her up, shall we? With over 20,000 subscribers documenting life in the Turkish city alongside her Syrian-born boyfriend, a real estate investor. Her first YouTube video in November 2021, well, that's not bad. Ali said she moved to Turkey to further her education but chose to stay because she enjoyed life there. Her father reportedly did not agree with the move, nor her plans to marry her partner. Man said that Ali and her father had a heated dispute during a visit to Iraq and that the day before her murder, the, the local community police had intervened to help them reach a settlement. Iraqi NGOs support her organization for women's rights, shared voice recordings that Ali reportedly sent to friends the night before she was killed. In the recordings, she confronts her mother and father about not returning to Iraq after her brother sexually uh, aid her. The assaultment ends with her father yelling and hitting her as she screams in pain. The AP, the AP could not independently verify the authenticity of the voice recordings. Let me look up her YouTube channel right now. See if I can find it. Yep. Oh, Lordy. Here we go. There's her short. So let me see if I can get a story about this real, real quick. This oh. took place after he asked her to move home. He was reportedly angry with her decision to live on her own in Turkey. She also fled from her family six years ago. They ignored her claims about her brother assaulting her. She recorded audio of an argument with her father. The 22-year-old asked for the recordings to be published if she was killed. She had informed the police of her danger, but they had attempted to mediate between her and her family. Killing the spark protests in Iraq's capital demanding justice. They want the judiciary to change or amend article number 409 of Iraq's penal code, which, as they say, gives a green light, some kind of a green light, for uh, fathers and brothers uh, to kill uh, their, uh, their sister or daughter uh, at the uh, pretext of owner killing. They say that they are addressing the government, the parliament, the Judiciary Council uh, today in order to uh, set rules to protect women from domestic uh, violence. 
Today, no laws in Iraq criminalizes domestic violence. 1.32 million Iraqis are estimated to be at risk for gender-based violence. And more than 75% of them are women. I'd like to thank you all for tuning in today. I appreciate it very much. I'm going to be back tomorrow. Until then, thank you for joining me. Until next time, all my best, guys. <laughs>